Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your host today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, our topic will be on deliverance and what it's done for us. And our scripture for today is from Colossians 1, 12 through 14. And this is the amplified version. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people, in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have our redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. That's good. All right. So deliverance is not something that's talked about very much in our churches today. You know, it's overlooked because many do not truly understand what it is or, or why it's needed. Right, right, right. We know, according to Scripture, of the ancient struggle between good and evil, between sin and righteousness, or between darkness and light. Mm-hmm. There is a devil, Satan, yes. and he leads a well-organized army of fallen angels that are demons, and these demons are opposed to God and his kingdom. Not one person here on earth is excused or exempt from this battle. And as Christians, even if you don't think you are at war with the evil, Satan has initiated a war against you and all of mankind. You know, we can't just ignore Satan and his evil agenda and hope it will all go away. Mm. No, God's word says that we must fight. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Ephesians six eleven says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The enemy is always scheming to harm you and your family. So be watchful and put on the armor of God to deflect his arrows that are aimed right at you. Revelation 12.9 says that the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient, ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. They're here, guys. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. They're still here. So when God kicked the devil and his angels out of heaven, they were sent here on earth. And don't you think that just ticks Satan off? You know, <laughs> since that happened many, many years ago, yeah. Satan has been doing everything he can to destroy mankind. Why? Because God created us in his image and Satan opposes and tries to destroy anything that God created. If we truly had an understanding of what's taking place in the spirit realm, we definitely would not be in the shape that we're in today, which isn't good. Right. So Satan has an army and they are instructed to steal, kill and destroy all of mankind. And that's according to John 10, 10. And they're doing a great job doing just that. You know, Susan and I have mentioned a couple of times that we both went to a deliverance conference earlier this year, and it opened our eyes to so much more than we thought it would. And Laura also went through a deliverance herself many years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's helped all of us tremendously. and We felt it was important to discuss it because, like I said earlier, it really isn't talked about that much. No, so Susan, so, you want to yeah. get us started? Sure. Go ahead. So deliverance is very complex to define, but one of the most distinguishing features of the Bible is God providing deliverance for his people. Mm-hmm. It means to be set free, rescued, and healed from physical, emotional, or mental torment to understand where their illness is rooted. Yep. It helps you to learn why the breakdown in relationships can cause spiritual, emotional, and even physical problems. Things like unforgiveness, fear, bitterness, anger, 
Envy, guilt, stress, rejection, and self-hatred are just some of the problems that can be removed from our lives. It's a lot. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's very layered, like yes. an onion. That's yes. why it's Heal. important to get you know all that yeah. removed from your yes. life so you can and, live free. And it's also important to have definite do research on what program you're going to. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm speaking about my own experience of receiving deliverance. I just attended a four-day conference called For Your Life. I would highly recommend it to anyone interested. It was held by Heart of Forgiveness Ministry. Right. And it helped me to be able to identify and resolve spiritual roots of disease. Deliverance is not a one-time healing, and then the person's completely free. People are required to take responsibility for their life and to continue walking out their deliverance. Yes. Deliverance is from spiritual bondage as it affects people physically through oppression, depression, sickness, mental torment, and or addictions. And the freedom one receives is in Christ. The Bible is clear about the reality of spiritual warfare. In Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Jesus confronted and rebuked demons. He commanded that his church cast them out of people. And demons are evil spirits, which the Bible says come to torment people with three main objectives. To keep you in sin and bound by a curse, and it could or it could not be a generational curse. Mm -hmm. Um, To keep you away from knowing Jesus Christ, and to keep you distracted from serving the Lord and his church. We are to love God ourself, and others. Yes. And only through faith in what Jesus accomplished on the cross can a person be delivered from sin, curses, and demons. So what is the evidence that someone might have a demon? Depression, for example, could be accompanied by mental or emotional turmoil. This depression, as with all other evidence, could also be generational, that it's affecting not only the individual, but a parent, a grandparent, sister, aunt, and others in your family. It's seen in many members of the same family tree. Yes. Poverty that's in your family. That's generational. Yes, can also be seen in previous generations. There may be ongoing insufficient funds, constant lack, and, or no ownership of anything. Mm-hmm. And you can have unexplained sickness, disease, and infirmity in your family or in general. Yeah. Or you could have something in your bloodstream or DNA that causes the same symptoms and illness to reoccur in the family tree. Science calls it heredity. Hereditary. Hereditary, Hereditary sorry. <clears throat> and the Bible calls it generational curse. Yeah. Addictions, which are always driven by a spirit of death, can prematurely cut short the person's life, such as alcoholism, drug addiction, immorality, adultery, and divorce. Yeah. It can also be evident in the family with multiple members struggling with addictions. Here are some open doors that lead to demonization. Sin is an open door for a person to receive evil spirits and is directly connected to Satan's kingdom. We must deal with the sin through repentance and then Satan's grip over our lives is diminished. In 1 John 3, 4, it says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And in 1 John 3, it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And Ephesians 4, 27, it says, Nor give place to the devil. And I just want to say, remember, the devil was defeated by Jesus on the cross. Yes, right. 
but he comes into our thoughts in our mind, right? right? That's and how so, he enters. Yes. He enters. Yeah. So some examples of open doors that give Satan legal right to demonize are unforgiveness, adult activities, sinful acts and habits, addictions, partying and violence, idle words towards yourself or receiving from others, yeah. fornication, sexual relations outside of marriage, disobedience to God's word, willful or ignorantly, false worship, seeking alternate ways to be spiritual, occult involvement, tarot cards, astrology, clairvoyance, new age activities, or witchcraft, generational curses, curses in general, and demons can enter children in the womb through curses. Yeah. It seems scary, but mm -hmm. you could get delivered from all of it. You can. Yeah. Yes. That's why the Lord tells us to be strong. Yeah. And to stand up and to fight and not let these things just happen to us. Right. 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 Exactly. Take authority. Mm-hmm. Overcome fear. you got to overcome fear. Because if you don't, all these things seem scary. You're just going to sit there and be frozen and not know what to do. Right. you got to overcome fear. Mm-hmm. And you can have, you know, someone lay hands on you as well. If, right. if you're Absolutely. expecting a baby and right. you, you know that there's and generational. Less the child. That's yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Any unforgiveness that we keep in our hearts will give Satan legal right to demonize you. It is essential that we forgive and allow ourselves to be purged from bitterness. In Hebrews twelve fifteen, it says, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Also, in bitterness is also exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yes. It takes it is a lot so of draining. energy yes. to stay bitter towards someone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Bitterness and anger, yes. resentment. Yes. All of that. Unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. You just, it, it just takes so a lot poisonous. of your energy. It saps you of right. your life. Yeah. It's the opposite of freedom. Mm-hmm. You're bound. Yes, you and are. Those, those are sins. You're, you're bound in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also in Ephesians 4.27, it says, And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. Yeah, that's what we talked about. These open doors to sin have consequences, which the Bible calls curses. Curses are invisible powers of evil that come to restrict, bind, and hinder any blessing of God from manifesting in your life. Many people have described a curse as being constricted in life with nothing going right for them. It's like they just can't ever get ahead. The curse could have been present since childhood or after a certain involvement with a person or activity and things begin to go wrong. Curses are usually accompanied with depression, confusion, and constant resistance to ever being able to move forward in life. It just feels like invisible chains holding you back from increasing. Right. And curses are also the consequence of disobedience to God's word. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because when I was going through deliverance, I kept seeing like a brick wall. And I had no idea what the brick wall represented. And it took time, you know, to identify it and knock down that brick wall. But you did. Yes, You did. Yeah, it was a process. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's amazing. There are many sources of curses, including disobedience, lawless living, negative words, the work of witchcraft, and idolatry. And it says in Proverbs 26.2, like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. And the Bible outlines the curses that afflict people as a consequence to disobedience in the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, Deuteronomy 28 lists all the blessings and all the curses. Mm -hmm. It's a really good chapter to read. Yeah, it is. 
deliverance from demonization in Luke eleven twenty. It says, but if I cast our demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Deliverance is the overthrowing of Satan's kingdom in our lives. But first, we have to make a choice which kingdom we want to abide in, God's or Satan's. That's a good point. And 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When a person's born again, their spirit is filled with the Holy Spirit and cannot be possessed by an evil spirit. Right. But a person's soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and body, can be. Mm Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Mark 6, 7, and he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. In Mark 6, 12 through 13, it says, so they went out and preached that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil, many who were sick and healed them. Right. That Jesus is telling us, you have the authority yes. to do this yourselves. Mm-hmm. Cast Go do it. Go do it. Go yes. do it. Go do wise, he said. <laughs> And in Mark 16, 16 through 18, it says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's good. You know, many people fear deliverance because it just seems kind of scary, right? Right. Now, let me just say this. You know, I heard it from our Bible study teacher actually this past week, and it applies to what we're talking about here. So she said, Christians can get demons. It doesn't mean you are possessed or demonized. Right. It means there's an evil spirit trying to manipulate and control you to do his evil work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. You know, why do you think our church is in the state it's in the day today? Because Christians have allowed evil spirits to manipulate and control them to do his evil work. They operate through us. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the good news is you can get delivered from that as well. And that's why we're talking about this today. So, you know, I used to be terrified of deliverance because I didn't understand it well enough. And I've watched those scary movies, you know, that didn't help, like The Exorcist, The Omen, The Sentinel, Rosemary's Baby, The Conjuring, The Amityville Horror. You know, I could go on and on because there are just so many of them. And let me just say, I don't recommend watching any of these movies. They're not good. We absorb into our minds the things that we watch, and it causes fear, stress, anxiety, and and watching those types of movies welcomes some of those spirits into your home. And I, you know, I didn't know or understand that when I was younger, but I do now. And after you watch any one of those movies, it makes you fear anything that has to do with the devil. And he loves that. He loves placing fear deep inside of you because it paralyzes you, yes. holding you in bondage. Right. Right. And it keeps you away from the things of God. So fear is one of the enemy's biggest tools that he uses to control and manipulate you. The fact is, demons are real, and they operate through us to carry out their evil schemes. You should never play with with Ouija boards. That's a well-known way that demons are invited into the, into the world and into your life. It's not a game. It has no. devastating effects. right? So Freemasonry, tarot cards, seances, mediums, fortune tellers, voodoo, Wicca, which is or witchcraft, the occult, or any other fascination with the spirit world or the dead can attract and encourage these evil spirits. If you want nothing to do with demons, stay away from anything that would attract or invite those demons into your life. You know, when I mention any of one of the things I just said, it, it causes fear to rise up within us. You know, some people think it's funny. It's not. No, no. it's not. Mm-mm. You know, demons are not funny and they are not fun to play with. They only have one objective. We need to understand that. Their objective is to harm you. So don't fall for their trickery. 
for the enemy's trickery. Mm-hmm. You know, they I used trap to trap you was, too. Right. They do. Yeah. They do. They convince you or try to, you know, again, manipulate you to thinking, oh, this is fun. But all you're doing is bringing in that stuff. And, right. And it just, it, it's a trap. It's an open. Right. Mm-hmm. It just causes chaos in your life. You know, I, I used to think it was funny or, or fun. You know, I've played with the Ouija board. I can admit that. And, and the whole experience, it terrified me. I've done a seance with my friends when I was really young. I was probably about nine or 10 years old, and I went to spend the night at a friend's house. I'll never forget it. You know, she took me, my friend took me, and a couple of other girls that were spending the night out to her parents' garage. They had a Ouija board and a crystal ball set up on a table. And my friend lit a bunch of candles and turned out the lights, and she started chanting and speaking to this crystal ball, asking for one of her family members to reveal themselves to us. I can't remember who, but I think it was her aunt or uncle. But I totally freaked out when stuff started floating in the air around us. And as she was chanting, it started spinning really fast. We all screamed. That was it for me. I was I was done. I jumped up, ran back into the house. I called my mom, crying, come pick me up. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. either. I, I wouldn't know, either. Right. You know, my friend, she must have seen her parents do this before because she knew exactly what to do and what to say. Right. She was no longer my friend after that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've, I've done light as a feather and stiff as a board. I've stood in front of the mirror in the dark and said Bloody Mary three times, you know, waiting to see what would happen. It was creepy. Mm-hmm. Bring, you're inviting satanic. Mm-hmm. stuff into your home when you do right. that stuff yeah and into yourself right you know when you're a kid you don't know any better you think it's fun to try these things out right but those things affected me deeply and i used to have nightmares of, of the devil trying to get me i knew what evil felt like at a very young age and it stayed with me mm-hmm. you know when i did these things i was coming into agreement with the enemy and it gave him permission to torment me and it kept me away from god it was fear it's always the fear that used to stop me in my tracks but not anymore you know, after reading Neil T. Anderson's book, The Steps to Freedom in Christ, I had to repent and ask for forgiveness for every single one of those things I just talked about. Each one of them was a chain attached to me on one end and the devil on the other end. He had a hold on me mm-hmm. and it gave him rights over my spirit, my soul, my body, because by doing them, I had come into agreement with the evil it portrays. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked the Holy Spirit to bring to my mind any of the things that I shouldn't have done. And I made a list of them. And one by one, I repented and asked God to forgive me. And now the enemy doesn't have those rights over me anymore. We fear the things we don't understand, mm-hmm. especially something like this. But if we knew the freedom that comes with deliverance from evil spirits working within us to cause harm to ourselves and others, people will be lining up at the door of every deliverance conference there was all around the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you that's know? true. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. So we do the things we don't understand because we think, oh, this is scary. And it just gives us this like thrill. Mm, you know, curiosity yes, too. You, you know, know. And, but if they only knew what they were inviting in. Right. What you're and, taking part in. Yes. And it stays with you until you either die or you right. cast it out. Mm-hmm. I always say, I wish I knew these things so long Me ago. Too. Right. Me That's too. why we're doing this you know, yeah. episode, because we just want everyone to understand there's a lot of things you might have messed around right. with when you were younger. And it's it's not good. And you need to not you don't just, you know, leave it alone. You got to take care of business. You do. And the Lord doesn't want it to stay there. Yeah. Right. He wants you to get rid of it so you can be free. Right. And sin is a being. So it's like you have to know that. It's not you and who you are and your personality. Right. You just participate. You separate yourself from the sin. sin. It's not you. It's what. It's a behavior. It's, it's what you what's did. What's operating through you? Right. Right. That spirit is allowing it. through you. Right. right. Yes. The you're sin. It. Yeah, is the action. But you don't have spirit. to allow it. You can tell it no. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. Yeah, you know, since I was young, I struggled with a spirit of fear. And there were lots of areas that, you know, I struggled with. But when I look back at the root of all those issues, the main cause was from a spirit of fear. I became a Christian at the age of seven, but there were many things that I struggled with over the years that caused me to come into that agreement with lies that were spoken over to me, you know, by that spirit of fear. Right. And many of the problems began when I was back in elementary school. I struggled in my classes and was ostracized by a particular teacher that I had, and I ended up having him for two years in a row. Yeah. You know, looking back, I can see now how Satan used that teacher to belittle me and embarrass me in front of my classmates. And where I felt like I was stupid and took on, you know, feelings and thoughts of embarrassment, rejection, being unsure of myself, humiliation, confusion, nervousness, apprehension to be myself. And I was rejected by my classmates with the example that was left by my teacher. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just identifying all the feelings that I felt as a kid. It's awful. You know, I really felt like I had nothing to offer and that I, you know... Nothing was good that came from me. And with no encouragement from my teachers and the threat of having to repeat a grade, you know, because if I didn't keep my grades up, because my grades were suffering because of the way I felt inside, you know, and I didn't feel like I could do it. You know, because of that, there came a fear of failure and defeat. And then, of course, low self-esteem and and low self-confidence all set in very deeply in me. And I also grew up, you know, being in church all the time. This is just to add on to it, you know, I was in church all the time because my dad was a preacher, and I heard things spoken by other people regarding Satan that put thoughts in, of fear into my mind. Right. I had two older sisters, and I was around teenagers and adults a lot of times, and so I picked up on the things or learned of things regarding Satan that caused me to be have like an unhealthy fear of the demonic, right? right. So with an already unhealthy self-esteem and then never having a good foundation of my identity in Christ established, adding a fear of Satan and the demonic spiritual world to it just established in me a stronghold of fear in my life. Right. Let's just say it set it in cement there. Yeah, I bet. I mean, just talk about Satan. Just That's seriously Satan setting up a, a trap for me. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up and pushed through those negative mindsets against myself. And the belief that I didn't have anything to contribute to this world You know, all that was just in me, right, as I grew up. And then I went off to college, and I worked towards a degree in education. And by doing that, the Lord put within me the desire to help students that struggled in school just like I did. Right. And it gave, you know, them, those those students, the much-needed encouragement that they needed to push through and be whoever they wanted to be. So God was using what was meant for evil in my life to be used for the good. Right. You know, to help Mm -hmm. other people. Right. And so it was in 2011, fast forward, you know, 2011, I went to a prophetic uh, ministry meeting at someone's home, and the prophet made his way around the room, and he was speaking things that the Holy Spirit revealed to him to each person. And when he came to me, he gave me encouraging words about how 
God saw me and he was using me, but he also pointed out that there was a stronghold of fear in my life. And I really thought that I had gotten rid of, you know, or or pushed past all that fear because of my accomplishments, right, of overcoming a lot of things. But that night I realized I still had leftover spiritual baggage that needed to be cleansed from my life. And then two of my friends that were with me that night, they overheard what the prophet was, was saying to me. And they both felt really strongly led by the Holy Spirit to meet with me one-on-one and just help deliver me from this debilitating, debilitating, you know, stronghold of fear. And we set up a time to meet together every Tuesday evening and work together to help me free from, be free from this stronghold. And the definition of a stronghold is a fortified place, like think of a castle or a fortress that's heavily guarded. Right. So it's a place dominated by a particular characteristic. So in my case, it was fear. That was the stronghold. Right. That was the dominating characteristic that had a place in my soul heavily guarded by deeply anchored thoughts or lies that I had believed since my childhood. Does that make sense? Yeah, it had a really strong hold on you. Right, right. And, you know, so I couldn't get free of it without help. Right. So the deep-seated thoughts within my soul still guided my decision-making, even though I thought I had pushed past them. I did push past in several instances, but I still had to push those past those feelings of fear and anxiety whenever I was doing something new that I hadn't done before or had to manage my emotions, you know, just to move forward. Right. And I also still believed lies about the enemy, thinking his power and his actions in my life were something to be feared. You know, these were the things that had set up a fortress within my soul that needed to be rooted out by God's truth. Do you guys remember when you were little and your mom told you to clean up your room? Yeah. <laughs> and But by your version of cleaning up the room is moving things, <laughs> like shoving them under the bed oh, yeah. or throwing everything <laughs> into the closet, right? Hiding it. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom would come into the room and she'd inspect the job that I had done, right? And you stood there proudly with a smile on your face and said, I did it. It's all clean. <laughs> And then your mom proceeds to go look under the bed and pull out those items you shoved under there. And then she she walks over to the closet and she finds all your dirty clothes on the floor (laughs) and the toys shoved in there, right? And she looks at you lovingly and she says, do you call this clean? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it looks like to me you just shoved things out of sight so I wouldn't see them so you could run outside and go play with your friends. You know, we're we're, as moms, we we get under our kids for that. Oh, my goodness. We tell them to go clean we were, we were kids too. We remember right. what we used to do. So as a mom, if you're thinking, I yeah, I was awful fast, you know, and you go <laughs> on there, and you're like, ah, the stuff that don't seem. Uh, yeah, yeah, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> we're, we're, right. Or suddenly all of it's in the laundry. Yeah, right. <laughs> Even if it's clean, right. right? They just shoved it all in the basket, yeah, right? We do. <laughs> so and honestly, that's really what we kind of do with our soul when yeah. we just shove things aside that happen to us, or we just push things down inside of us where no one can see them and just proceed to move forward in life, you know, without taking care of those emotions and really allowing God to do a deep cleaning within us. That's wow. so good. That's that is good. good. Yeah. You know, all those feelings, those emotions and lies we have unknowingly believed need to be cleaned out and wiped out of us by understanding God's truth about our life and who we are as his children. Those feelings, those thoughts, and emotions need to be taken care of, or they begin to set up a stronghold in our soul and guide and direct our lives forever. Yes. You know, when we believe a lie, we give permission for the enemy to guide our decisions rather than, you know, God's truth guiding us that leads us to 
becoming trapped or enslaved to those lies. Right. So God can still use us, but not as fully as he wants to. And we cannot experience God's true freedom if we're still enslaved to our tainted thinking. Right. Right. You know, thankfully, God put it on the heart of my two friends that were with me that night to just take me aside and spend two-on-one time with me once a week where we, I think we went for somewhere about eight weeks. Wow. Just meeting. That's dedication, man. Yeah, Yeah, like every Tuesday night, we just meet at my friend's house, and we went through some materials that they had had, you know, previously themselves. They'd they'd gone through this themselves. So they used the same material for me, and it was the Seven Steps to Spiritual Freedom by Neil T. Anderson. Yeah, that's the one I mentioned earlier. Right, I think y'all had... Yeah, you've used those too. So this was just like a workbook that they used to help lead me through step by step just to see the things that needed to be cleansed out of my life. And we started with basic things that I had taken part of that are not of God's kingdom. It's kind of like what Kathy was mentioning, all the things she participated, Ouija boards, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I had done some of those things too. You know, by participating in those things, I had unwittingly given Satan permission to bring curses into my life and cause me to be blocked from moving forward. Yeah. And so these were, you know, things that I had listed or I had really thought that they were harmless. You know, right, just me too. like you were talking about the harmless right. childhood games. games. Everybody did it when we were kids. You know? Right. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I knew that they weren't good for me, you know, and I wasn't really supposed to have anything to do with them, but I did it anyway. You know, right. that, and so that was my willful disobedience. Me too. Same. But by doing so and then not repenting of those actions right. and just saying, well, that was when I was a kid, right? Yeah. But I, that's giving permission for Satan to attack me yep. or yeah. cause sickness, you know, to come into my life. Right. You know, it's foolish things that you might have done yourselves, but you have no idea the origin of those activities. Exactly. And many of us have walked right into Satan's trap. Yep. All right. So both of my friends, they came alongside me and they just prayed over me. And both of those two friends were also gifted prophetically, and they could see in the spirit. Yeah. And so one was an intercessor and had some experience in deliverance herself at her former church, and the other was a very gifted seer. So this was a divine appointment that God set up for me. Right. And so most, you know, most people can go through these programs. They might have them set up for them at their church or through an independent ministry like what y'all were talking about. Right. But I had no connection at that time, you know, to anything like this that was deliverance. Yeah. So honestly, I believe this was the best thing for me because it was conducted by two trusted friends. Right. You know, I knew them and... felt comfortable and safe, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and after the initial steps of going through that checklist of all the things I'd taken part of, you know, and repenting and renouncing my taking part in them and applying the blood of Jesus to each and every one of those things for cleansing, I did feel something come off of me. I was standing at the time, and once I finished the entire list of renouncing all those things, I can tell you that all I can say is that I felt something come off of me, and I felt noodly in my legs, and I needed to sit down, <laughs> you know. Um, because at the time, I was sitting down, and I was. they said, let's go through the checklist. And I said, I feel like God's telling me to stand up. And they said, then stand up. So I stood up and I held my right hand in the air, just like when you take an oath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was renouncing all of those things. And that's when I felt something come off of me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, understand, I've been a Bible-believing Christian since I was seven years old. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But there were still things attached to me that needed to come off. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, no, I wasn't possessed. 
Like we, we know, you, if you're Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, you can't be possessed. Exactly. But I can tell you I was oppressed by right. spirits that attacked me quite a bit. And there were strongholds that had taken up residency in parts of my soul. Right. Like Susan was kind of mentioning before, you know, yeah, right. that's just how I could see it taking place in me. Right. And then after the initial cleansing took place, we went through deep counseling sessions. This is why it took eight weeks where we went through the earlier trauma that I mentioned, you know, that took place when I was in school and the lies that I had believed about the power of Satan over my life. You know, we went through many, many scriptures, understanding my identity in Christ and the authority that I walk in, you know, when I gave my life to Jesus. I learned the correct way to see myself through God's word. And I also learned to use God's word as a weapon to fight back against the enemy when he would try to speak those lies into my mind. Right. In one of the very last sessions that we did, one of my friends could see that Jesus, she saw him coming into the room where we were at. And Jesus, first, he had this metal rod in his hand. And he told me that I was never to be bent over in a cowardly pose of fear anymore when the spirit of fear approached me. Because that's what I would do as soon as I got, you know, if like there was a demonic presence or, you know, anything like that, I would, you know, my head would go down, you know, my chin would go down towards my chest and I would cower in fear. Yeah. Like freezing up, right? And my friend saw Jesus, he was putting this rod of steel into my spine which was to cause me to stand straight up and hold my head up high in knowing who I am in Christ and not cowering in fear anymore. Wow. And, and that, was, that was awesome. Then she saw Jesus with a sword in his hand, and he was dubbing me on both, both of my shoulders like a knight, and he declared that I was a knighted warrior for his kingdom. I mean, boy, talk about feeling empowered oh, by God, goodness. right? Yeah, I'll never forget that moment. It was so greatly encouraging and strengthening to me that it's continued to power, empower me, you know, to this day. And then after the deliverance was finished, I'm telling you, I would still get attacks from the enemy. That doesn't mean it's one and done, right? Right. right. You got to work I'd, it out. He's still going to come at me and he's going to test. Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> Can I come back home? Did it hold? <laughs> he doesn't you know? have any new tactics. Right. right. And so he would attack me, but I remembered everything that I was taught you know, regarding God's truth over my life. And I used it to guard and protect me and send the enemy back to where he came from. That's right. You know, I remember one night, just an illustration, one night I, was, I had to get up in the middle of the night to go get something to drink, and I had to walk through my darkened kitchen. And as I was walking through, I felt the enemy's presence, and fear immediately took a hold of me. And I had goosebumps running up my spine, and by habit, what did I do? I bent my chin down towards my chest and froze in fear. And then I heard the Holy Spirit speak loud and clearly to me. And he said, lift up your head and remember who you are. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> not I, today, Satan. Not today, Satan. <laughs> I spoke out loud in the kitchen and I rebuked the spirit of fear. And I said, I rebuke you, spirit of fear, and I will not listen to your lies anymore. I know who I am. And you have no permission to be in my house. And in the name of Jesus and by the authority and the power given to me by the blood of Jesus, I command you to leave and never come back in Jesus' name. Love it. And immediately I felt that spirit leave me and my house and God's peace just covered my heart. It was such an empowering feeling to know exactly who I am and that the enemy cannot torture me any longer. So when you go through deliverance, you must maintain your freedom by choosing God's truth and standing firm in the strength of the Lord. If other memories should come surface to your mind 
and you become aware of more lies that you believed, you renounce them right then and there and choose God's truth immediately. Don't don't give the mm-hmm. enemy any inch. <laughs> yeah, don't give him any room, right? Right? I'm just more conscious of things that I say now or things that habitually have, you know, come out of my mouth in the past. Right. And I just stop right there and either tell the Lord I'm sorry yes. and confess it immediately, or if it comes to my mind later, I'll just confess it then. It's so important. Right. You, right. Because if you open up that door, he's going to take the enemy. He's going to take every right. chance, every advantage if you do that. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. <laughs> you got to repent of it and get it back right exactly. back out and kick it right. out. Yeah, because, you know, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against, you know, according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Right. So we have to learn to capture every thought that comes through our mind and hold it up against God's truth, comparing the two thoughts, and God's truth always trumps the enemy's lies. Yes, it does. You know, I'll say the enemy is relentless and angry that you've broken free from his stronghold in your life, so he's going to keep coming back at you, and you just keep coming back at him with God's truth. Don't let him speak. Cut him off at the pass, like us Texans yeah. say. <laughs> oh, book, so, him. Book, book him. Book him. <laughs> yeah, Another important thing to be aware of is not to let your guard down and become lazy in your thoughts and revert back to old patterns and old habits of thinking. It's easy to do, believe me. It's a constant work to rewire your brain to think differently about yes. everything you know that you're having to battle or about how you think about yourself. It's yeah. hard to change. Yeah. It's right. It's right? like the software in a computer. You yes. Can put brand new software in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like you've been you are. brainwashed for so long to think yes. a certain way. Right. You have to rewire your thinking. And right. you have to say over and over again, that's not me anymore. That's right. That's and right. I've said that 20 million times. That's not that's me not anymore. Me I am. Right. Probably for years now. Yeah. I've said that. <laughs> Good. You know, I have to share another experience I had several years after I went through my deliverance. You know, my husband and I, we wanted to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary by buying, you know, new wedding bands for ourselves. And we got engaged, you know, while we were still in college and we we seriously didn't have any money. (laughs) You know, our original engagement ring, my engagement ring was like a fifth of a carat. And so it was really more the size of a promise ring. And but it was, you know, what we could afford at that time. And to me, it was beautiful. So my husband's ring was a simple gold band and was about $50. So neither one of us had extravagant rings. And I would look at my ring and always remember where we started. And I was continuously filled, you know, with thanks to the Lord for just blessing us abundantly all throughout these years because it had been 30 years, right? Right, right. So, you know, even though my husband still only wanted a very, he still wanted a simple band. Right. But he wanted me to get exactly what I wanted, and he made it really clear that I could pick anything, any ring I wanted. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not one to wear big rings on my fingers anyway. Yeah. I'm more simplistic. And so, but when we started shopping for a ring, you know, I thought it would be right for me. And I, I kept looking at solitaire sets. Yeah. But as I tried them on, they just didn't fit me anymore. You know, just, suit just you, mean like, like bands. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. just, you know, simple solitaire sets. That's what right. I was thinking I would just replace, but it would be a bigger diamond this time, right. you know. Right. And But every time I tried them on, I'm like, that's not me anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't fit who I am right. any longer. So we kept on looking, you know, and then one day we were out shopping for rings and I found a set and I just kept staring at it. And, you know, but I just kept thinking, no, that's too big, you know. And my husband noticed the set that I was eyeing, and he told the lady behind the counter to let me try that one on. And I was a bit hesitant, you know, but went ahead and, and tried it on. Smart lady. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it on, and I just kept staring at it. And my husband complimented me on it, and I was starting to agree with him, you know, that I, I, I'm really Kinda liking like this. this one. Yeah. yeah. And the sales lady showed me something unique about it as well. She She turned the ring upside down, so I could see underneath the center diamond setting and showed me that there was a small blue sapphire gemstone set in place that represented eternal love. And I knew that blue, you know, from my past experience about dream interpretation, I knew that blue represented a spiritual color. It represented communion with God and a prophetic divine or heavenly revelation. So that right there, <laughs> that sold me. <laughs> it just showed me this ring was really special. And I fell in love with it, and my husband insisted on getting it for me. So let me ask you. So, so special. I know. So when you take the ring, so when you're wearing the ring. Right, you and can't I take it see off. the blue. No, you can't see it. So you can only take it. It's just you, for you. Only I can see it. I've that's never heard so, of that before. So cool. Yeah, that's why it was so unique, and I was like, oh, wow, I like this one. <laughs> that spoke right to my heart. Yeah, yeah, and the Lord knew it, right? Oh, yeah, he did. You know, because I thought I was going to cry right there in the store, and but I didn't. I didn't, and I held it together, and then we left the store. <laughs> <laughs> and I fell apart. <laughs> yeah, well, and we were both we were both starving at the time, okay. so maybe it was hunger that held me off from crying. <laughs> but, you know, um, when we left the store and we went to a restaurant to go eat and celebrate our new getting our new rings, right? But on the car ride there, I just kept staring at the ring thinking, I can't believe he got me this beautiful ring. Yeah. And when we arrived at the restaurant, I said, hey, I need to run to the, to the restroom first. And so I went in there and I was, you know, washing my hands afterwards in the bathroom. And I was looking at the ring and I heard God say to me, remember who you are. You're more valuable than you think. Wow. Wow. And when he said those words to me, I lost it. Yeah. And I just started bawling, crying in the bathroom. And I was really thankful no one was in there but me. Yeah. <laughs> But the reason his words hit me so hard was that he was speaking to my heart and continued to bring like a healing to my heart about my self-image. Right. You know, no longer was I to see myself as I did when I was younger, a simple, smaller version of myself. But I was to see myself as my father sees me, which is much more valuable, you know, than now to add to his kingdom. And I, it was worth celebrating as his beautiful bride. So neat. Wow. And those rings were symbolic of the changes, you know, that have occurred to me over the years and how God revealed to me my worth. You know, and a few years ago, my husband, he bought me another gift for Christmas. And it was a leather band with a silver plate attached to it. And there were words written on it that say, remember who you are. Oh my goodness. That gift didn't cost him as much as the first one, you know, the <laughs> ring. But it's an invaluable gift to me because he, my husband, he knows my heart and yeah. he knows how God speaks to me. Right. Right. You well, know, you know it reminded you of what the Lord said to you on the day you got your wedding ring. Right. Remember who you are. Who you are. That's so awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and other things to practice. I'm just thinking some other things that we can practice to keep in mind to stay free from that bondage is to learn to fight and not expect anybody else to fight your battles for you. Right. Like God wants strong, muscular Christians who are equipped and know how to fight to stand up against the enemy. Right. He's a good father, and he doesn't want to see you bullied by the enemy anymore. Right. So learn Mm -hmm. to raise up your head and use the word of God to combat the lies and stand in the authority of Christ that he's given to you by the sacrifice of his own blood. Yep. You know, keep studying God's word and look at all the specific scriptures that have to do with your identity, because that's one area that Satan will attack most. If he can get you to doubt your position, then you become uncertain and you lose your footing to be able to stand against those lies. Wow. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's examples all through the Bible. Right. You know, of people getting attacked. Right. And and think about Jesus when he was in the wilderness before he started his ministry. Yeah. You know, he was tired. He had been fasting for 40 days and he used the word of God to fight against Satan. That's how he combated how he all it. those lies yep. was yes. the scriptures. You know, you got to commit yourself to spending quality time alone with God in prayer daily and let him continue to sort through your thoughts. This is another you know, way to do that. And the Holy Spirit will continue to keep taking off layers that you didn't even know was there before, even though you've been through massive a massive cleanup session. Right. There's mm-hmm. always more layers, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I think Susan said that it's like an onion. Yes. You peel it off. And you're there's like, another layer. Oh, there's more. Right. You yeah. just keep going. Right. But keep going. Because it just sets you free mm-hmm. more yes. and more and more. Right. The more layers you take off, the freer you are. Yeah. Yes. And you feel better and better. Right. As you go through that process. Yes. And lighter. Yeah. Yes. You know, some scriptures you can focus on and personalize for yourself, like I did. Here's some of them that I did. This one's from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. I have been bought with a price. I am not my own, and I belong to God. And this one is from 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. And I said, I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God in Christ, and I have been given the Holy Spirit as a pledge guaranteeing my inheritance to come. Oh, that's a good one. It's just affirming scripture yeah. of God's word over you and reestablishing who you are, right? right? Mm-hmm. That's good. Another one is, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live and am living is Christ's life. That's from Galatians 2.20. I have been redeemed and forgiven, and I am a recipient of his lavish grace. That's from Ephesians 1, 7 through 8. I have been rescued from the domain of Satan's rule and transferred to the kingdom of Christ. That's Colossians 1.13. Oh, that's good, too. That's a good one to say yes. over and over. Yeah, it is. You no longer have that pull on me, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm, not I'm, who I am anymore. That's right. Kingdom of Christ. That's where I'm at. That's right. Go to the dry places. Mm-hmm. Right. I have been given a spirit of power, love, and a strong mind. That's Second Timothy one seven. I can't even tell you how long, I've, how many times I've said that scripture That's over right. myself. Yep. I have the right to come boldly before the throne of God and find mercy and grace in my time of need. Yes. That's Hebrews four sixteen. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians one three. I have been raised up and seated with Christ in heaven. Ephesians two six. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit, and that's from Ephesians 2.18. Wow. 
good. Those are good scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know, and I yes, love that are. you personalize them. Yeah. yeah. And you could do that with God's word. You can Anything. Take it yep. And just and take out and put your, like you, I, I, me, right. me. You know? Because it's affirming to who you or are in you. Christ. Right. And right. where you are and the authority that the enemy does not have over you anymore. Exactly right. You have the authority of Christ in you. Right. So you can tell the enemy to go back to the abyss. That's right. <laughs> yes. Go get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, over the past several years, God's been leading me to deliverance and an understanding of what I needed to do to come out of the agreement that I made with the enemy by doing the things I did when I was younger. Right. Right. So it goes really deep. You know, but once you learn about it, once you know what's taking place, then you will know what to do to overcome and get rid of all of it. Right. You know, and there's no reason to fear any of it. As a matter of fact, I think that was the biggest hurdle for me, understanding that I had to overcome the fear of what I thought would happen to me in front of a bunch of people versus what actually did happen. Mm -hmm. You know, deliverance means freedom. It's that simple. Yet there's so much detail in the deliverance. For example, when I went to this conference that we've mentioned a couple of times, this deliverance conference, I was delivered from a spirit of mistrust, rejection, self-hatred, self-accusation, resentment, unforgiveness, curiosity. Yes, that's really a thing. And I didn't know I had it. victimization, fear, oppression, and oh my goodness, so many more. You know, I didn't know that I was contending with all of these things, but as I was going through the deliverance, the Holy Spirit would speak to me and confirm it. It was so freeing to have those things cast out of me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's even more that we're going to talk about next week because we're doing an episode on spiritually rooted disease and how those demon spirits slowly destroy our bodies. Mm -hmm. So for example, Bitterness is the spiritual root that causes cancer, arthritis, and other things. Rejection is the spiritual root that causes acid reflux, diabetes, depression, dementia, and so many more. You know, we'll go into more detail of all this next week, but deliverance is not something anyone should fear. Instead, educate yourself on the benefits of it. Right. And there were about 30 people at the conference that Susan and I went to, and they were all there for the same reason we were to understand it better and to get deliverance so we can be free of the enemy. Right, right. There were a few times that they would take someone to a separate room and deliverance was done there instead of where we all were, which was out in the open. But it was done professionally and there was never a point that I felt or experienced fear. How how about you, Susan? Yeah, I know. I never felt fear. I felt like it was a safe place. I feel like there's such a willingness among the people. Yes. And a vulnerability, which it makes it a very humble atmosphere so that you can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're, we're, everybody's there because they desire they want, they freedom. Want, right. Right. They want away from mm-hmm. what the enemy's trying to do. You realize yes. when you go into that situation, nobody's perfect. Right. right. Everybody's screwed up. You know, we're right. all in the same boat. And all, all that you feel is, is grace. Right. And don't yeah. feel like that any one of those leaders there that are coming up to you and say, I know that you're a sinner and I know that's no. not. Mm-hmm. They're not going to point. They're not going to. Even if God speaks to them and said and shows them what you've done or what sin you're dealing with, they're not going to speak it in front of that crowd. Again, they'll take you aside. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to humiliate you. Right. There's no condemnation. Right. Right. That's the important thing to know. You're not going to get called out or embarrassed. Right. They're just going to do what the Holy Spirit leads them to do. He does everything in love. Mm-hmm. He's right. not going to make you feel like a piece of crap. Dude, people would not even go back. They, they would were never go back. Right. feel that way. And, <laughs> and the, they don't want the evil spirit to manifest because that's what it wants to do in that's front what of it everybody. Wants. He wants to show off. Right. Yeah. So, and, yeah, fill people with fear. Right. Uh, exactly. You know. 
No, that's not that's not the way it works. No, nope. so. that's not the way God works. No, no. So just know that, you know. If anyone's interested in more information about deliverance, we recommend, again, that the Heart of Forgiveness Ministries. Their website is heartofforgiveness.org. And the woman that leads it, her name is Jolene McCord, and she's really good. Yes, she is. She's a powerhouse, man. Yes. It has helped me in so many ways, and I'm thankful to God for leading me to it. And we'll put the link for that website in the notes section of this episode. All right. That's all the time we have for today. All right. All right. Please email us if you have any questions, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion today on deliverance and what it's done for us. Please join us next week. Our topic will be the one I mentioned a few minutes ago. The title is going to be The Spiritual Roots of Sin and Sickness. Yeah, and we just want to close with this scripture from Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. That's good. All right, so today's episode was, again, edited by Miss Caitlin Beck. We thank you so much for all you do for us, Caitlin. And I want to reference a book that we talked about. Again, it's Neil T. Anderson, The Steps to Freedom in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we also want to mention, a well, we mentioned a couple of links, and we'll put the notes, we'll list those in the notes section of this episode. Yes. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And we just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. Yes, and please visit our website. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time and remember to live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, until next time. Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Welcome, explorers of the human experience. This is Let's Talk Soul, and I'm your host, Claudia Monticelli. We're not afraid of the great mysteries of existence here. Soul versus consciousness, we're on it. Spirituality versus science, we've got that covered too. Join us in navigating these profound topics with wisdom, curiosity, and a dash of audacity. Whether you're a spiritual veteran or just starting your journey, Let's Talk Soul is your passport to the unknown. Let's Talk Soul, diving into the depths of the human spirit. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.